Hey everybody, thanks for taking time to listen to 7 Minutes There and Back, which is a podcast about me just driving to and from work, talking about sometimes the incoherent and random thoughts in my head, but also just an outlet to unload the stress of the day or to prepare for the day and hopefully open some doors to have conversations amongst your friends or amongst myself and any of you, so... You know, if you like it, follow me. If you don't, don't. Thanks for everything and enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 7 Minutes There and Back on Tuesday. Um, Tuesdays, we recap D&D. Let's get that over with uh, real quick. So it was fun. Last week, we, we ended up on a ship, like I said, pirate, paladin, rogue, man, who didn't really want to be a paladin, but he is, so it's fun character-wise. The DM kind of wrote into what I had to do, so I'm a big fan of you know that. I think it makes role-playing more fun when you don't necessarily have a plan for everything, but it just happens, and you got to actually just think through it and be fun part of it. So uh, we stole a, a ship last week. Three-mass ship. Uh, then the individual who I stole it with thought it was a good idea to turn into a werewolf in the middle of a fight. That, that werewolf drew everyone's attention because, well, it's a werewolf. And then they lit the ship on fire, shot a bunch of ballistas at it, put a bunch of holes in it. Um, ultimately, we're not gonna be able to salvage it. So. Uh, Dropped the last remaining sail, or sorry, raised the last remaining sail, pulled the halyard, tied it down, uh, and from there, we just sailed this thing south, uh, but tied off the, the rudder, uh, tied off the steering column, actually, like the actual wheel to the rudder, um, and then just kind of slowly slid into the water uh, as it sailed away so that Anybody who was chasing us is chasing that. Um, and then we got word from the rest of the people in our group, in our party, that we needed to turn around and come back because things didn't go as planned. So here we are, stealing a boat, lighting it on fire, sailing it off into the middle of the ocean just to turn around and try to walk back in the same door we walked out. So... Got a sneaking suspicion that's not going to work out really well, uh, but we're going to do it because we got to do it. So that was D&D again. There's a lot of fun that happens in that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like imaginary board game, but you're the player like a little figure. So just imagine playing Clue. And there's not a real murder, but a pretend murder, like a murder mystery dinner. I would like the game of Clue would be a murder mystery dinner, and D and D would be like an RPG game that you get to set the the rules for and the game for and create the characters for. So um, it's a lot of fun. But one of the cool things that happened last night, I just thought you guys would like to hear this, um, <laughs> is I was putting my youngest to bed. She's she's three. And I said, all right, your hair's brushed, everything's showered, we have had our water, let's go to bed. And she just walked into the pantry and <laughs> closed the door behind her and said, 
no. <laughs> and I opened the door and I was like, Eleanor, hey, we gotta go to bed. And she's like, no. And so <laughs> it was just the funniest thing in the world to me. Because when I asked her, why can't you go to bed? And she said, I'm a snack. I'm in the pantry. And that reminded me of, now I know why, where she heard it from. It was three weeks earlier, I was out of town on a work trip. And my wife called and said, your son just said the funniest thing I think I've ever heard. And I asked him, I asked her, what did he say? And she told the story and he had done the same thing similarly, uh, probably three weeks ago, where he just was standing in there playing hide and seek. And, uh, but he didn't open the door. He just ended up sit, sitting in there and she's like, well, I can't find you and, and we gotta get going. Can you come out? And inside the pantry, he goes, snacks can't leave the pantry. <laughs> so uh, that got a really good belly laugh out of mom. So naturally the youngest was looking to deploy that as soon as she could. And this was the right moment. So that was a fun moment. Um, it's great when you, when kids genuinely laugh. So if you haven't heard a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old genuinely laugh in a while, I think you should find a way to, because it'll fill your soul uh, with happiness. So um, another thing that I started thinking about last night that really, man, it annoys me, is with the advent of this 24-7 news cycle or this 24-7 information stream that everybody has to have, uh, myself included. I mean, I'm, I fall victim to it. I mean, I'm not special. Um, but is this emergence of personalities versus reporters or news? Oh, I'll get right down to it. I don't understand why ESPN employs people like Pat McAfee or Stephen A. Smith or that mad dog guy. Like these are just people who get paid to yell and be obnoxious um, while knowing something about sports. Like I'm not taking away their, their sports knowledge. Like that's fine. It's all well and good. But they're not paid for that sports knowledge. They're paid to be loud and obnoxious. And I find that really hard um, because then when those people say stuff, that's loud and obnoxious and ultimately offends someone, they're forced to apologize for it or forced to admit that they, they didn't mean to say it and they didn't want to hurt. I'm like, no, you get paid to be loud and obnoxious. Sometimes you're going to say stuff that hurts people. I think if ESPN and MSNBC, all these places, CNN, BBC, all these guys, are going to run a 24-7 news cycle. And at some point during the day, they're going to realize that the only way to have news is to create news with one of their uh, um, their obnoxious counterparts. Then they need to be willing to own that, right? You can't you can't ask someone to be crazy all the time, and then when that crazy offends somebody, then ask them to apologize. That just doesn't make sense. Um, so that's that's a thing for me. That's that's kind of got me irked again on the 24/7 news cycle piece, uh, but definitely with ESPN. And you know, up candidly, uh, the flip side of that is, I would say that 
Scott Van Pelt is probably uh, a personality on ESPN instead of a straight news reporter, but I think he does a better job. But I love Scott Van Pelt. I think I think he's great. So it was just the over-the-topness of it all. Um, yeah, that's the drive today. Man, last night was rough. Uh, the oldest had had a toothache, maybe a tooth infection. I don't know what it was. He just from about 11:30 at night till about 6:30 this morning, every 30 to 45 minutes, it was like a bloody murder scream that his, t- his tooth hurt. Um, but 6:45 rolls around this morning, and we tell him, "Hey, since you're hurt and you don't got to go to school." He goes, no, it feels better. And I love that he wants to go to school. And so I'm proud of that. But also, I would have been more proud of it had he slept through the night. And then, and then to that, our our little one is was up all night last night, too, with some cough and maybe a low-grade fever. So it's just one of those nights. Um, that leads into one of those days that's going to be a huge blessing. Uh I forgot to read the verse of the day as I pulled out, so I'll do it here in the parking lot uh, at work, and then I'll see you on the other side. This is from Proverbs 10, verse 17. It says, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Um, I hadn't planned to add a question, but I'm going to add one now. Do you find yourself to be coachable or uncoachable? See you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the morning. Now, roughly eight or nine or ten or six hours later. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the other side of the day. Um... Today was, and it just it just downright sucked. Um, things were going fine. I got a message to go out three, three o five or something like that. Um, at, my father-in-law was non-responsive. Um, they were moving him from a recovery and, and rehab rehabilitation facility. Uh, like a PT rehab facility, uh, back to the hospital via ambulance. Um, I was so roughly, we'll call that 3, 3.15 p.m. Um, and I'm going to vent some frustrations I have with the medical community and with people as a whole right now. Not people, but just, man, uh, it's 10.30 p.m. now. So, you know, we're talking a seven-hour time frame. And in these seven hours, uh, we have been told all of the above was actively in play at, at some point in the last seven hours. There was a UTI um, that led to septic shock. Uh, after the septic shock, there was uh, x-ray, CTs, all this stuff done, uh, which led to x-ray where they found a degenerating lung or a, a basically a disintegrating lung, um, which led to pneumonia. And then to cap it all off, they said, oh, COVID. Um, And 
wherever you stand on the COVID thing, I don't, I don't agree with it being a stance that people take to present substandard care um, or to allow for substandard family time. And uh, we went from, you know, five, six people being able to be in the room and just passionately care for this man and love him deeply and hear his story and build legacy with him and just, just get to know him to, oh, you can have one visitor every 24 hours because of the COVID spread. And that just doesn't make sense. There's no, there's no scientific evidence to back up rotating people every 24 hours. I, I, you just, you got to explain that to me somehow. Like what happens in a 24 hour period where after 24 hours, you can change who the person is in the room and they can't, con they can't contract whatever it is we're looking at. So, um, I just, I don't understand that. Uh, I don't understand how all of those things that we talked about can happen simultaneously and so quickly. And then this, this COVID diagnosis comes and it feels like they stop treating the person or the, the actual situation and they start treating the COVID. So they, they start treating like it like a distance, right? Like, oh, you got to keep your spacing. Oh, you can't go in that room. Oh, you got to do this. We stopped treating the person because of a thing. And that's just, that's broken to me. Uh, I hate everything about that mindset. Uh, again, man, I was able to, I, I stepped out of work uh, basically on an immediate, uh, told, told the people I needed to and, and nothing but support, right? No question on where you're going, what are you doing? Just Hey, I got to go. And everybody, you know, kind of linked arms and, and tightened down around it, handled anything and everything that came across, uh, reached out to a support system, you know, Hey, I need someone to help with the dog. I need someone to do these. Da, da, da. And those things were immediately handled, uh, with, with no questions. We had volunteers coming, coming out of the woodwork to, you know, we'll help with the kids. We'll help with dinner. We can pack the, all this stuff. So again, so blessed with our network and, and the people in our life and the people that God has surrounded us with. Um, and just the more and more we look around at, at who God has put in our life, uh, the more and more it's become truly a blessing um, and just a calling to the Lord. I had a realization today uh, that wife and I are, we're trying to have a, a third kid and it's just not happening on the timing that I want. And I know that's, that's God's time. Um, but I also know that what's going on with my father-in-law is God's time. Um, what's going on with my daughter, God's time, like all of these things. Um, but I came to the realization today that I, I love and trust the Lord and I ultimately put my faith in him. But man, I am mad right now about his time. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if that's the right place to be, uh, but ultimately that's where I am right now. Right. So like, I know God has a plan and I trust him and I love him, but I'm just not overly stoked about it. <laughs> and I think that 
ultimately, I think God would be okay with that if, if I were to say that to him. I think that that's the relationship God craves with us. That's the that's the, the Abba Father that, that he wants us to be. But shoot, I am not stoked. So um, this week's going to have a bunch. Um, we got we got this situation, uh, a couple other kind of life situations happening around us, and and just all in all, tomorrow is is men's group and Bible study. Uh, as we're just now getting home, maybe at 10:35, 10:40 now, as we kind of zippity doodah through the neighborhood here, um, try to get the kids down, try to. I don't know, have some some semblance of normalcy to the night. Um, but tomorrow is Second Chronicles 32, 1 through 19 for me. So um, if I can get my, myself out of bed in the morning, if I can find some motivation to drag my lazy butt up out of bed, um, that's what I'll be going to cover tomorrow with a, with a group of guys. Um I think for tonight, the challenge I'll give each and every one of you, um, if you're listening, is to passionately pursue and love those in your life who um, matter most to you, uh, because ultimately, you don't always have the time you think you do, and if you do have more time, man, what a blessing. It's just extra time, right? But if you don't, then you're going to want to get those things said. You're going to want people to know exactly where you stand with them, with the Lord, um, with your family. So take some time. Make a phone call. Send a text message. Tell the people you care deeply about that you love them. See you tomorrow.